0: Abigado, abigado, Lisbon. Abigado, 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 Lisbon Portugal. Abigado for everything. Abigado for the wine. Abigado for the Cuban cigars. Abigado for the weed. Abigado for the food. Abigado for the racism. Abigado. 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 This is a new motherfucking intro. Cause someone don't want their voice on the show. So now we have a new motherfucking intro. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to Decoding 40. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a special edition of Decoding 40. We are live from Lisbon. But by the time you hear it won't be live anymore. But we are live from Lisbon. And I'm your host this week, Vincent Perez. And I'm joined here with my two esteemed traveling friends.
1: This is your boy L dot O dot, aka the Tinto connoisseur. This is Alaric.
2: Abrigado.
1: <laughs> only took a week
0: now
2: he's got that spanish uh accent on his name it, nice
0: it's, yeah. it's
2: it's
0: portuguese yes 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 we are definitely live from portugal enjoying some of this beautiful wine and beautiful food just a little quick housekeeping to let everybody know this is the fourth anniversary of Dakota 40. Mm, Uh, No doubt coincides with uh, Rick's birthday, which we celebrated last night in, you know, Dakota 40 fashion. We are, we've been here now for a week and this is going to be our last day. So this is going to be our last show here, but I wanted to just, you know, talk with you guys, let let everybody know how it went and uh, who wants to go first, as far as the check-in is concerned. Just want to thank
1: uh, everybody who's purchasing the merch it definitely goes a long way in helping to support our drinking habits and everything that we want to do on the show. So thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, it it really does help us in a profound number of ways. Um, just in terms of being able to financially support the show, and also when we have conversations with sponsors and other vendors, just helps let them understand the connection that we have with our audience. So. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you.
0: No doubt.
2: Obrigado. Obrigado. So yesterday was my birthday, and uh, we celebrated it here in Lisbon. And I want to thank you guys for um, for helping me bring it in um, okay. the right way. Um, although Lisbon wasn't really as as cooperative in the nightlife scene as we would have hoped, mm. but we still had a good time. You know, we'll make we'll make fun wherever we go. But yesterday, I I woke up and I just wanted to just take a walk and just like think about life. You know, it's, I'm 50. That's a it's a it's another huge milestone, I think, in 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 a man's life. And just thinking about where I am, where I want to be, what the next stages are going to be. So I just took some time and sort of walked around. I'm not even sure what area it's called, but. Um, it was close by the by the docks by uh, where the where the cruise ships uh come in and um I just took a walk down there there's a lot of other tourists around got myself some lunch shot some pictures of a variety of of different architecture and and beautiful buildings down there and i you know just really wanted to have a quiet moment you know just to think and um i really really Enjoyed having that that little bit of peace, and um, I, was, I was lucky enough to find a little bar that was right on on the water, and uh, got myself a couple of margaritas, which was pretty cool, and um, it uh, was just nice to just be by the water, and it was it was a beautiful day. It was like the best day that we've had since we've been here. It was like seventy something degrees, so that was that was cool, and. Uh, you know, I, I think it was a it was a great birthday. And at some point I was kind of wishing just for the for maybe like a couple hours I could be with my family and then come back. Like if there was a teleport machine, I could be myself back to Brooklyn and then come back. But um, you know, it's it's all good. It's all good. So I uh, spoke to the kids last night and they wished me happy birthday, which is really cool. And the wife and we checked in a couple of times actually. She called me at midnight on, well, I guess it's Tuesday night there. 8 PM would be 12 o'clock here. So she called me on the dot at midnight. And, um, you know, I appreciate that. And, uh, I had to, you know, tell her that I really appreciate her holding down the house and the kids and all of the other activities that are going on just to make it possible for me to take this break and, uh, and I really do appreciate it. Um, and that's pretty much it for my check-in. Yeah, I, I guess we'll uh, we'll eventually go into the specifics of last night, but yeah, that that's really it for me. Gratitude for seeing another year, for seeing this age, because unfortunately, the older we get, the more people we know who don't even make it to this age. So, um, no doubt, gratitude for that. Welcome to the uh, commentator's box.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Your seat was waiting, sir.
2: Right. (laughs) Come this way, sir.
1: This is also known as the Monday night quarterback chair. Right. Dig in for another 10 years.
2: Mm -hmm. Merch drop! What's up, y'all? We need y'all to support this podcast. Pick yourself up a T-shirt. Pick yourself up a hoodie. They're soft. They're poly tri-blend, luxurious, warm. They're furry on the inside. They're really plush. You can sleep in them. Your wife can sleep in it. Your daughter can steal it. and She can sleep in it. Go over to Decoding40Pod.com and get yourself a T-shirt, a hoodie, whatever you like.
0: Decoding40Pod.com.
1: I really just wanted to say thank you, Lisbon. obrigado for uh, hosting us for a week here. It has been an interesting week, to say the least. And I mentioned it on the live that we just did, but I have an interesting anecdote as to why I believe this is probably one of the safest cities that I've been in. So I went down to the market to pick up some things. And on my way back, I see this old man talking to uh, a couple that's in a car and they're like blocking the the crosswalk. So really against my instinct, I go to grab my phone because I'm thinking something's about to go down. That might be maybe viral, like, you know, (laughs) so I see him bending over, like really talking what I thought was aggressively in the car, but I guess he was just really trying to help them understand what he was saying. He was looking for the post office and he was asking for directions to the post office. And I can see this, and I'm about, I don't know, maybe 20 paces away from them. By the time I get to the car, I hear him say, no, 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 can you drive me to the post office? And she says, the woman was the driver, yeah, okay, just get in the back. Wow. And I was saying to myself, they have to feel incredibly comfortable in order to just let a stranger get in the back of the car and they're gonna drive this guy over to the post office.
0: Right. Without so, it being an Uber and them getting charged for it. Cause right. New York ain't no way, boy. They ain't they, no would never, way.
1: they would never no. they would never I can't ever see an instance when someone would let a stranger in their car and they would drive them to their destination. Yeah. So for me that was um something good in the uh what's great about Lisbon bucket. And what also is good is the food, although I thought about it just now. I might have to deduct some points because I cannot get a ripened avocado in this
2: country. <laughs> you can't get a ripened avocado anywhere yeah yeah they're either right they're home. either spoiled or they or dinosaur eggs, and you oh, just gotta God. wait it out <laughs>
1: <laughs> at home. I don't know what Jeff Bezos or Bozos is doing over there, but they literally have ripened avocados for sale, so
2: I always go to the supermarket and it's, it's, I, I got a choice. It, it's either already rotten and you have to eat it right now before you leave the store <laughs> mm-hmm. or this shit is hard as a, as a, I should have said dragon egg, not a dinosaur.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I have not had my daily avocado toast, which is a little disappointing, but other than that, the food is good. Uh, Vin and I stopped at this place that he was committed to to eat at, uh, Grill and Chill. Mm-hmm. And the food actually was excellent. The waitress clearly took a liking to Vin. Uh, she didn't <laughs> see me at all.
0: <laughs> Al, had so his, Al, Al had his had cloak on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had my racial cloak on. But it, it was a great selection. They had Nepalese menu, Portuguese menu, and an Indian menu. And I opted for the garlic naan and uh, mutton sag. And it was delicious. It was probably better than the spot that I go to in New York. So kudos to um, the chef who cooked that up. Other than that, uh, you know, we went out uh, for your birthday last night, Alaric, and it's an interesting nightlife. I almost feel like one of the times I was in London, I, I saw something similar to that. But it was, I, <laughs> I made the joke and I meant to look it up, but it was sort of like, Peter Pan's uh, lost boys island because the the, the, <laughs> the ratio of men to women is yeah outstandingly disproportionate and I'm I wonder what women feel like in that sort of situation when it feels like it's 20 to 1 uh in terms of 20 men to one woman so it was definitely a sausage party and uh once again I think I'm going to deduct some more points from Lisbon after really thinking about this. So uh, let me meditate on that. That's really my check-in. This is Leon and I'm done speaking.
0: All right, so the last couple of days have been what it's been, Um, lots of wine, um, lots of good food, lots of good company. You know, before I really get into it, I just want to give a super duper birthday shout out to my man, Rick. I've known Rick now for, Jesus Christ, 46 years. It's amazing how long our friendship has been and where it's gone and where we'll probably go in the future. You know, we always, you know, I remember thinking we were younger just being on a rocking chair one day and just talking about the days, right. As old people do. And we're almost there. Um, (laughs) Fucking, we're almost, fucking, we're almost there. Um, I'm 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 building the porch now. Listen, build the porch, (laughs) I'll start on the rocking chairs. right? Um, Nice. We're going to need a third one for L now, because he's got to join the party. (laughs) Um, But really, it's, you know, we've had a long, great friendship. And um, I'm just happy that I was able to celebrate his 50th in such a beautiful place around um not so many beautiful people but (laughs) and we'll get into that later um but you know all jokes aside i had a I'm, i'm having a really good time and i'm glad i'm here for his birthday and we've had so many birthdays and it's funny because i was looking at some pictures on my ig and there's a picture from your 40th oh boy on there from 10 years ago and you were pretty smashed and I'm thinking your 50th was, uh, along the same lines. You know, we were get drinks for relatively cheap here, but, um, you know, I took some time out, uh, to meditate yesterday. We, we have this beautiful overlook of pretty much all of Lisbon. And I just sat out there, put my earphones in and and put on my meditation app and really, really took in the breeze and took time to like you did real Rick is like kind of self-reflect look at life as a whole, where I want to be and what this trip means to me and what it means, what it's, what it means to me going forward and what I need Mm -hmm. to do as far as to achieve a certain financial independence. So I can take trips like these all the time, or if I want to move to a place like this, I have the ability to do so. So that's got me, uh, you know, with a renewed focus and, you know, I'm just been blessed to be here with two great people traveling sometimes with folks can be, um, Outside of your family, especially if you, you like you just say, all right, let's let's pick three people to go randomly on a vacation with. And then you find out their little idiosyncrasies. But what I appreciate about everybody here that was that's been with me uh, in this Ellen and Rick is that we all can come together and do something and be individuals in the same in the same breath. Right. And, you know, um, this is funny because I went for a walk one day and I came back and Rick was like, oh, you have been you you've been gone all this time? <laughs> I put you in the room. <laughs> And I was like, nah, I've been going for like 35 minutes. I'm like, okay, good thing I wasn't taking. Um Because <laughs> the track, the track would be cold by the time you get in the room. Nigga. I'm, already, I'm already in the container. It's gone. I'm going. I'm um, fighting for my life. But no, um, it's just, it's been very comfortable. Um, you know, we, we all cleaning up after each other and not after each other, but we're keeping the place clean. And it's just been, uh a great trip all around. And I couldn't ask for, you know, two better roommates to take a trip with in this type of situation. I'm having a ball, although, you know, like we'll get into the show, there are some disappointing factors of Lisbon. And I think that it's a twofold thing. It has to do with probably our age and our expectation and what we're used to at home. But overall, man, I've been, I've been having a great time and the food is wonderful here. The people for the most part are good. They don't, they, people mind their business. They don't fuck with you. You get the stairs and everything like that. But other than that, it's been good. I feel my batteries are recharged. I am ready to go home just to be back. in, I guess the, the normalcy of life. But at the same time, I, I'm just trying to really take what I've learned in this trip back home to renew my focus on making that money and just doing things, man. It's just, uh, I've had a great time, Lisbon. And that's pretty much my check-in at this time
2: at this time. I thought you were giving testimony in the Senate. The,
1: yeah, the gentleman from New Jersey
0: reserves uh, the balance at this time. I want my time back. <laughs> but that's our check-in, and uh, let's keep it moving. You are now listening to Decoding 40.
1: What's good, people? This is your boy, Dot. The man with more AKAs than the black campus. If you like this show, then make sure you subscribe to Decoding 40 on IG, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok.
2: Decoding 40.
0: We did our show last week and we were, we did that on, what was that, Monday, I believe it was, while we were here. So we kind of had the weekend to kind of absorb Lisbon and Portugal, and just the general energy. And then the last three days have just been, you know, uh, along with Rick's birthday, just seeing Lisbon individually and and together. And um, I think we can all agree the nightlife isn't what it's cracked up to be. No, definitely not. Um, It, it
1: It is incredibly disappointing. And I don't know if it's disappointing more because I've never been to a city that just did not have a nightlife that catered to me in some form or fashion. Right. Or if it's just because the people, or maybe the places that we went and the people that we saw just were not conducive
2: (laughs) for partying with. I feel like it's solely based on binge drinking. Like... Mm -hmm. They don't care about the music you're playing. They don't care about the DJ that's playing. They don't care about... They obviously don't care about the women-to-men ratio in the club because it it could be a hundred dudes in a spot and they're singing football songs and drinking beer. I'm just like, "Mm, I'm not getting it. Like, I'm trying to wrap (laughs) my head around it.
1: What part of the game is this, player? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, um this is no dig on country itself more than it is on the way some of these folks look physically. I'm going to say that Lisbon probably has some of the most unattractive women that I've ever seen in my life. Okay. And 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 I wasn't here for that. I'm, you know, I like to look at beautiful people. Okay. I love beautiful women. I love to look yeah. at beautiful women. That's just a part of being a man. And I'm going to say that my eyes are hurting, not because mm. I've seen beauty. This is a perfect place for your Midwestern American woman who's a, who is about a three and you can instantly become an eight here, right? Overnight. <laughs> you went from a three to an eight and you're probably telling all your girls, girl, you gotta go to Lisbon because it was <laughs> great. I was there and all the, all the Portuguese men just wanted me. Because you're probably right. Because um, you're one of ten. Um, right. And to be quite honest, um, I think I can count on both hands and not even really using the second hand of how many beautiful women I've seen since I've been here that you go, oh, wow, that's a beautiful woman. That is so far and few between. Mm -hmm. And it's not even the age thing. I'm talking about from young to old, unattractive. I'm not going to use the word ugly. That's disrespectful because, again, you know, one one man's trash is a diamond Lisbon. And, <laughs> you know, one country's trash is a 10 in Lisbon, right? right. So um, I just, I didn't find um, the women particularly attractive here. This is, like Rick said, this is a binge drinking type of situation. So you're going to go, you're going to get drunk here because, I mean, where else can you find a $1.50 beer for almost a 20-ounce beer? Right. You're not going to find that anywhere. So, About you know, it is. $3. Yeah, good. shots. Good. I mean, good good bottle of wine. Yes. Right. So you definitely have to do a lot of drinking to make the women here beautiful. And I'm sorry I didn't reach that level. <laughs> we didn't um, drink that much. I didn't drink that much. Would, I would need all the wine and wine. Country. In Portugal.
2: <laughs> you, know you know, what's interesting is like where we were last night, that area we were, uh, was it? Uh, By alto. Most of the women out there were not Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Most of them were tourists. Right, I heard a lot of French. I heard a lot of English accents. I heard, yeah, yeah I, I did see a few uh, Brazilians mm-hmm. out there, but I didn't get the sense that this was real Portugal either. You know what yeah. I mean? It's sort of like going to Washington Square or going to West Third Street in in a village on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it felt like. Like we went to yeah. you know I, I forget the name of that 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 sports bar on West Third Street. But it's like, it was like going there on a a Saturday night.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that you said that I I actually had the same observation that this feels like around NYU Mm. during some spring break that the kids that are still there are just kind of drinking and hanging out and, or maybe a regular Saturday night, but I did not get the impression that this was, um, the creme de la creme of uh, Lisbon, and right. maybe they are hiding in a castle somewhere. I don't know, but they definitely were not in any of the blocks that we were circumventing uh, yeah.
2: I, I think we definitely have to do a little bit more research next time yeah. before we come. Because yeah. <laughs> we, next we, we're we kind of shooting in the dark. Who, uh, can actually plan out some
1: of
0: the activities for us. Right. This is saying something about Lisbon. Lisbon when. One of the prettier women I've seen actually had a club foot. <laughs> she had a club foot. She had a limp. <laughs> and she had, listen, she had a club foot like the episode of Little House on the Prairie where Charles made that wooden shoe for that little German bitch. Yeah, that's the type of club foot she had. All right, just call her clubby. Just call her clubby. And yeah. she was a, a, an attractive woman, but she had a club foot and she had the crazy gangster limp, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and, and I'm pretty sure there's a dude somewhere in Portugal who's like, bring your club foot over right. and let's get it on. You know, it's hmm. just, it, it, I don't know, I, I can't say any more uh, uh, to that. Uh, but, you know, that aside, the people here, I don't know if they're friendly or like, like last night, for instance, we had this cab driver, uh, this Uber driver. The nicest guy, uh, the last guy we got. And he yeah. literally took us on a quick tour of, you know, he, he decided by himself, like, listen, maybe we were the last ride of the night. He just took a liking to us and just started explaining everything. You know, he talked about the revolution. He talked he, he took us to certain sites. He talked about how when Madonna lived here and then um, the actress from The Matrix, Bellucci, who bought a large property here. And that was that was interesting because I actually mm-hmm. did listen to this guy. Um, yeah. You know, he he had a, a good knowledge of his history and um, about Portugal. So that aspect, again, it's very rich in revolution. There's a lot of there's a lot of paintings and pictures that I took of just revolutionary type of figures and things of that nature. But, boy, they got to do uh, an influx or something like that. Yeah, they're going to have to start
2: doing some imports from uh, some Brazil and, and Angola because uh,
0: <laughs> help out the population. Yeah, because. <laughs> They definitely got beat with the ugly stick in Lisbon.
1: Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know.
0: Hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, by the time this flight the by the time this show comes out, we won't even be in Lisbon, so we ain't gotta right. worry about any repercussions. <laughs> I mean, the Lisbon <laughs> Ugly Women Association might come up, come after us. Pretty much. because um, there are a few um
1: Lisbon accounts who are now following us on Instagram. So um mm-hmm. once they hear this.
0: We won't be invited back. Yeah, we won't be invited back. But um, and again, that's and that's not. I think in general there was a lot of homely people. Um, Did did you say say homeless? Homely. (laughs) Homely. Right. Well,
2: I mean, really, I've never even heard of anyone referring to Portuguese as being attractive people. I just didn't think about it. Right. It's not like it's not like when people talk about Italian women or people talk about uh French or mm. you know not English women Spanish women but yeah but you've never even heard it mentioned mm. I didn't think too much about it and and not that it even really matters it was just like that actually added to the entertainment factor last mm-hmm. night because it was yeah. just watching these watching these people and and like you you guys are weird. Like it it just yeah, felt right. it felt like a it was definitely a, a sideshow.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely was very yeah. carnival-ish. Well, you know, speaking of sideshow, I think at one point, uh, we we're all sitting down at this bar, and um, this is after I think what we were. Was that was that considered Pink Street? What is that over there where we were? Where we saw the couple who were arguing? Oh yeah, I we clearly had too much to drink. Yeah. And his girlfriend looked like she was trying to reel him back to reality and he wasn't having Mm -hmm. it because whatever he had drank was more than enough he needed. But we kind of watched this whole thing unfold where they were kind of going back and forth. And so, you know, that was the first time I saw some of that. And they clearly weren't from here Mm -hmm. um, because if she was from here, she wouldn't be fighting for him. Because she could have <laughs> twenty other men right. who look like fucking Adonis oh, coming after her right. because right. you know again she wasn't a bad looking woman in comparison to what we've seen. She should have just walked away. She would have had about thirty thirty dudes from Lisbon who got money to take her home
2: by the time she hit the corner.
0: By the by the time she hit the corner, right? But um, yeah, it's uh, I mean, you you're not coming here to look for a girlfriend. <laughs> you're not doing that, right? Um. But again, you, you, when you're traveling, you want to see beautiful people. You want to see everything that's beautiful. I mean, again, everything here is beautiful. The, the architecture, the landscape, the climate is good. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah.
2: You know what
1: I found interesting? It seems like there's ripe opportunity, speaking of ripe, ripe opportunity for um, a lot of development. I noticed a lot of either buildings or homes that were boarded up. Yeah. that definitely could be renovated and probably would be very profitable just based on that location. Yeah. Like there was a building on the corner where we jumped into the Uber when we were leaving Pink Street. It was right on the corner. That was all boarded up. And I was thinking to myself, wow, mm-hmm. this would be a fantastic apartment or hotel.
2: Even down by the square, across the street from the supermarket, mm-hmm. there was a huge building. Well, not huge. But it was one of those uh, sort of like row houses. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that one was empty. And all the other ones around it were already sort of developed. And I can imagine if you had something right there that if yeah. it's an Airbnb, three units, yeah. that would be awesome.
0: I, I think what um, what's also missing from uh, Lisbon is a, there's no in-between lounges it's either you're going to a club type of atmosphere or you're going to a place where you can basically eat and drink. Right. You know, and again, I'm sure they have lounges here, but not like what we're used to with. There's some, there's some form of music. People are kind of congregating outside. I noticed that a lot of people here, again, it all depends on where we were and where we've been to. And what I've seen is that a lot of people grab their drink and they leave or they mingle outside. Um, it doesn't have that same type of feel like when you know, when you're in New York, where you're in Brooklyn or downtown, when you move into a lounge, it's has its own atmosphere inside that particular spot. Yeah. It, it, like the like the spots here are basically you get a drink and go outside and talk. You know what I mean? Um <laughs> so many
2: curb and doorway conversations. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Yo, what, what do you call the
2: little covens?
1: Yes, they love a a fireside chat right on the side of the street, Mm -hmm. like where someone just 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 picture where in our neighborhoods people generally stand on the corner, talk, and just hang out by the bodegas. They will find uh, a random doorstep and and corridor just to sit Mm
0: -hmm. or sit on the sidewalk
1: or sit directly on the sidewalk and just have a conversation. It is
0: a bit bizarre. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's just kind of, um, it's a different culture. Um, mm-hmm. it's a different culture of people. People do, I think, well, again, we are where we are right now. I don't know how it is in, in the rest of the country, but face value. There, a lot of people like to dine. A lot of people like to sit at the cafes. You know, the wine is great and it's incredibly cheap in comparison to what you would have the, the quality of wine here, what you would pay for in New York. And, you know, in America is you'd probably pay $20 a bottle for this wine. Mm-hmm. But wine yeah. is everywhere. Wine is everywhere. like
1: um, I can't wait to get back to sort of look in the Portugal sections of wines now just to see yeah. the difference in prices, because you're right. It's got to be at least three to four times more at yeah. home than it is here.
0: Yeah. But um, yeah, man, I, I, I just like I'm having a great time just kind of getting the feel of the place. And I think for our age group, um, this is a perfect this is a perfect place to retire. I didn't really do too much research about the apartment costs and things of that nature, but it's probably comparable to the U S but I'm thinking you can get a lot more, you know, for your, you know, a lot more for your buck here. And because the the food prices are relatively cheaper than they are in America and the quality is definitely better food and you can really get a good meal for $20 here. Mm -hmm. Like you can literally go buy a, you can sit down with a bottle of wine, have a nice fish dinner, with an appetizer, $25. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and even so, the groceries, like, even the I groceries are cheaper. Two
1: bottles of wine, some spinach, avocados, a couple of other things.
0: It was all under $20. Yeah. So, you know, the food that, that goes a long way. And a uh, great thing is that you don't see a lot of fast food restaurants. The, uh, you know, we saw McDonald's because McDonald's is everywhere. We saw mm-hmm. Burger King because, you know, Burger King's everywhere. But you didn't see no Taco Bell. Well, we saw Burger King because we kept walking in a circle. Yes. <laughs> <Right. So> we, <laughs> we, we were stuck based in a bizarro walk <laughs> we, we loop. The in funny thing
2: mood. is we kept coming at it from different
0: angles. <laughs> <laughs> right, yep. right. After the second time, I was like, I'm going to have me some fries in a minute. Because <laughs> Burger King is trying to tell me something. Um... But there's not a lot of fast food restaurants. Um, I don't know what the equivalent of fast food is here. You know, like, is there a particular brand of food uh, restaurant here that's popular? Yeah. But we didn't see your typical Taco Bell, Burger King, um, McDonald's in a row. When we even when we went to the mall, there was one McDonald's there, I'm assuming. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to think that most of these malls have a fast food court. Yeah. But everything is, you know, like I said, you can get a good meal, a decent meal for under $10 here. Yeah.
2: Fresh, fresh food. I mean, even when we went to the, when we were in the mall and we went to, I I don't know if it was a chain or not, but they were actually cooking the food. It wasn't like, right. it wasn't like they heated it up in a, in a microwave and gave you the food. Like you got, you wanted noodles, you got like fresh cooked noodles. This was like real Thai food. It just happened to be in the mall. And I think that's why they probably don't have so many fast foods because there's so many options. And there's there's real options here. Like you can mm-hmm. get whatever type of food. It is, it, it is a very cosmopolitan city in that the food choices are there. Everything from sushi to Indian to, I didn't see Chinese, but um, Italian, everything is here. Mm-hmm and not like in a fast food way. Like you can go to a small mom and pop restaurant and get some decent food. So they definitely have the food. They definitely have the food scene.
1: It's interesting. I I just picked up on the the double entendre. You and I ate at the noodle shop when we were at the mall and it's spelled N O O D. Mm. And I didn't even think about it till just now.
2: A naked noodle. Right.
1: It's called nude. Yeah. (laughs) But that food was good too. Actually that food was delicious. Um, And the one thing I would point out is that you you do earn your calories here. So you're going to be walking, and by the time you finish or get to the point where you're tired of walking, there's going to be a restaurant very nearby where you can just uh, hop in and uh, grab something delicious to eat. So while um, they might not have the most attractive people on the planet here, uh, they definitely have some delicious food uh, offerings for you to take advantage of. So. I I agree. I think this is a a nice place to consider if you want a quiet town, uh, a good mix of old and new. And um, I, I think Vin said it best probably last week. It's a town where you feel like everybody's minding their business, not to the point where they don't care, but to the point where as long as you're not stirring up any trouble. They, they are just going to let you live and let you be. And I think that's a great uh, sort of environment to, particularly when you're looking to retire to be in and not feel like you're in, I don't know, some pot up slow town, but mm-hmm. th- there's still energy here. It's just, I think a steady pulse and just keeps you relaxed uh, at the same time. And it's so close to everything else that if you want to continue to travel and connect with other Towns and and cities and countries, for that matter, uh, you're able to do that.
0: Yeah. Also, what I noticed is uh, there is no. uh, It's. It it looks like it looks like it's a very LGBTQ-friendly community like i didn't see anybody shamed to walk together where you know i saw men together i saw women together it looks like everybody's like you said they mind their business no one is like oh you didn't see anybody getting you know fucked with or anything like that um i think it's that's what was that's what's also nice about it. like the whole mind your business thing is a big big thing especially if you're american you kind of come from that we come from this you know especially now from this hypersensitive karen-esque society where everybody wants to mind your fucking business and then you come here and everybody's like yo as long as you not hurt nobody we had nothing to say about your lifestyle or anything else for that matter so i think that's also important to point no, out. at least at least in this city at least in this city i mean i, I can't speak for the entire ca- the country but in here and in, in lisbon it seems like it's very laid back which is you know a, a good thing for for anybody who wants to travel here I know you thought last week was bad, but let me tell you about This Week in Racism. This week, we wanted to discuss, you know, among other things, well, I guess we can call this a This Week in Super Racism. Because I, I don't <laughs> think racism actually fits the bill on this one. Uh, apparently, in um, Florida, and you know where you know, everybody, if, if you don't think that Florida is racist right now or building race land, then you're fucking sadly mistaken. Uh, They have a bill that's up for the vote called House Bill 99 or 999, you know, <laughs> turn that around. That 666 is just, you know, that's just my thing. That's my taking. But anyway, House Bill 999 that deals with basically banning anything to do with the quote unquote critical race theories, women's studies, gender studies, anything to do with quote unquote wokeness, that the, the, the word that. The right wing Republicans have taken to mean anything with blackness in it. Also, it would affect uh, fr- fraternities, funding, and things of that nature, anything to do with ethnic studies, anything to do with uh, the truth. So, what say you guys on this, man? Like, what do you, what do you think is uh, where are we going? And, and, and before I let you guys speak, DeSantis is one of the front runners for president, right? So, I, I think that he's very dangerous. And his state is very dangerous as an example for what we could be seeing in the future for, you know, the schooling system here. What do you think?
1: Um, So a friend of mine who lives in Jacksonville and I always go back and forth, he's originally from New York, but we go back and forth on which state is the worst. I think hands down, I win at this point. Um, This bill is so frustrating to even know that it's being considered. This governor is such... A piece of shit that it's mm-hmm. it's it really does hurt my brain to think that other people think that the things that he's espousing make sense. And I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, there was a classmate of his at school who said that basically he is driven by this idea that conservative thought is not given enough elevation and platform in our society. So mm-hmm. even in the report that we listened to, there was, there was that line where it, it talks about that college campuses are too liberal and they don't give air to conservative thought. the The point of a college campus is to challenge thought. Mm-hmm. If it's progressive, if it's conservative, it is supposed to be a space where people have the freedom to tackle issues that are current and prevalent. So the idea that you are trying to constrict that is actually antithetical to what academia is and what thinking is, and even what critical race theory, which again, they have completely perverted. The comedy for me is, it's really an examination of how liberal laws, legislation, and policies have maybe ineffectually affect uh, addressed the racial construct we have in America and trying to remedy some of the things that have put Black people at, but have disproportionately affected us um, as it intersects with uh, race and law. And, And then if you ask them to define woke and to define CRT, they don't have clear understanding or an explanation as to what it is that they're so angry against. And it does come down to, they just don't want anything that makes white people uncomfortable to be taught, in these classrooms. And if uh, this I, bill is replicated across this country, it is further, I mean, it, it actually supports what CRT is supposed to be examining, how government is fucking
2: up Black people. Yeah, You know, how, and, how, how the institutions are systematically doing this, right. What what, what their, and, and the effects on our
0: community. Right. You know, what would also, um, what I notice is, How effectively the media and whoever controls the media has narrowed the consciousness of the average American to three or four buzzwords and how these buzzwords motivate people at the polls, how they're not willing to do any research. When you ask the average, you know, quote unquote Trumper or a person who has these ideologies, they learn most of their information through memes, Facebook and other um you know social media outlets that have been further narrowed down to just feed their beast based on their habits mm-hmm. so you have these ai intelligence that run these particular platforms that basically put you in a fishbowl with all the other fish that believe what you believe and that's that in itself is dangerous because i read somewhere i, I don't know if if l had presented it to me or something like that where there's the the people who believe these things are such a small percentage of the society but they're blown up to think that everybody thinks like that and the unfortunate thing is, is that you only need you know a handful of legislature legislature to believe that either wholeheartedly un, or they're believing it to make their base vote for them to pass this shit so this whole you know it's like 10 motherfucking senators in the Florida, you know, legislation who like, I'm all for this and that's all you need to pass some bullshit agenda through. And because you have a person like DeSantis running for for president, he's, he's doing all this shit to say, Hey, look what I did in Florida. I could bring it next. I could bring it to a state near you next.
2: Yeah. I just, the the thing is like, there's no threat. There's no threat of them losing constituency. There's only, they only gain from this sort of rhetoric, right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of like Trump saying, yeah, I can walk down Fifth Avenue and won't lose a single vote, right? Mm-hmm. So he can go as crazy or as far right to gain more votes and won't lose any anything on the way mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter the antics. But this is their pushback against the institution the, the the threat to the institution of white supremacy. We're in the information age, and everything, uh, the, uh, the world's knowledge is at our fingertips. So they can't hide these stories anymore. They can't hide the truth of how we came to be who we are. So now they're trying to control the narratives through, uh, through academia. And Florida is just a testing ground. Mm-hmm. Because if this thing flies here, I'm sure, in Texas and Georgia, Kansas and Indiana. I don't think it would go over in Georgia. So I think there's, there's at least a strong enough um, Black population that they would be able to repel such uh, a bill in Georgia. But there's going to be other places in the country where they're going to try to implement this. Because I don't think that they're so worried about white children feeling hurt by what they learn. They can't continue a system in the same way. If you, if you've positioned yourself as being the the carrier of justice and truth, and then you find out this is your history, your children are not going to be able to act the way that you did. You're not going to be able to suppress the world in the same way. So you have to keep you have to, whatever you need to do to keep this information from them. Because they're not worried about if we learn it, we know it. Mm-hmm. It's our history, right? We It's been passed down to us. They're afraid of the knowledge that everyone else is going to get about what we already know. That
0: That is the real threat. You know, listen, I, th- this whole thing about children, this country could give a fuck about the kids. America eats this young every fucking day. If they gave a fuck... They wouldn't have we wouldn't have a school shooting every other goddamn week. There would be gun legislation that would take would, it would take full responsibility for this shit. So miss me with that. We give a fuck about the kids. It's about control. It's about narrowing down the narrative. And it's also about eliminating the power of the black vote because Malcolm said it during the 60s and nothing much has really changed. Blacks, whites are evenly divided between Republican and Democrats. And what they want to do is create a narrative where 70 percent of the white people believe CRT is bad, you know, fill in the blank. So even if black folks vote, it nullifies their vote because they've, they've got majority of the white population to believe something and voted in. And that's all they're trying to do. They're trying to they're trying to nullify people's power. They're trying to nullify the black vote. They're trying to nullify the Latino vote that votes Democrat. That's what they're, they're trying to change the narrative.
2: I, I agree that they are trying to nullify the vote. But they're not worried about our vote because our vote is consistent.
0: They're trying and to we, kill our we, vote by
2: not. Be, well, no, well our, no, our our vote is our vote is consistent. We're going to vote Democrat for the most part. The only the only thing that changes is how how much we come out. But what changes with this is how are their kids going to vote? That's what they're worried about. That's the that's the change. The change comes when the thinking. About how we we're we're and who we are in this world. I don't think it's about a single election. It's not about the next ten elections, but it is about because they're they're thinking way ahead. They've been they've been planning Trump's and the judges that they wanted in federal seats long ago, twenty years ago. This is a long this is a long game. Mm -hmm. They're they're trying to affect generations, not just the next election. That's what they're thinking about. So so what does the next class of students not the students that are in school now but the, the ones that are that are going to be entering college after the, uh, after 2024 what are they going to be learning are they going to get the full scope of they're already not getting the full scope of what what built this country but are think, they going to get it narrowed even more
0: there's always a breaking point right in society where you can look back and say this is the point where it broke for good or bad, whatever, whatever scenario you place in. And there's always a breaking point. And I think that we're at the breaking point right now where, yes, it's not just the, this election. I think it's a, it's getting the ball rolling where it becomes so massive that in, in this is the election that of it kind of pushes the ball rolling. So now you have an election where X, Y, Z wins. They start to put all these, these, you know, anti quote unquote, CRT legislations through and now the ball, the ball is already moving and it's hard to stop that ball once it's moving. And I think that's where we are at a critical point in history with, uh, you know, just by what we're seeing with this, with these legislations around the country and Florida being the one that's like, we're going to push it to the limit. And I think that although a lot of the idea is crazy, you have other states looking like, well, let's do it, but in a softer way initially. And then we have control and it's like, well, now we could do whatever the fuck we want to do. I think we're at the breaking point of the beginning of what you're talking about, generation shit. It's starting right now, and it started. It's been started, but I think we're at a we're at the critical point right now, where a lot of people are noticing because it started, like you said, it started with judges and, and and sheriffs and shit like that. Something that you're not really paying attention to, and now that they've got all the pieces in place, they go. Oh, this is what we want to push through. And everybody's now looking at like this shit is crazy. But like you said, this is we've been planning this all week, son. Mm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Now we're at the point of this is the critical point. Yeah, this is just it ain't checkers. I
1: I think also we have to understand that this is a part of the whole white fear and the the browning of America is a real threat to this white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And they are doing everything that they can do through legislation and through policy to make sure that any strides that are made are either mitigated or taken away completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what they did with the abortion rights was a clear clarion call to everybody to say, they will do it. The, the thing you think that they won't take away, yep. they will absolutely do. And they will continue to it? say that we don't, we're not going to take it away that's mm-hmm. not a part of this strategy. You don't have to worry about it until you have to worry about it because it's it's gone, I, I and that's going to continue to happen because I, there there is a a, a a distinct strategy to
0: keep the power concentrated in the hands of white supremacists, and 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 they're they're um they're selective on what legislation they can pull through right because when you talk about gun rights what are you talking about that'll never like their their hands are up in the air when it comes to gun legislation when it comes to real change to stop people from getting certain guns to you know to do these heinous acts they don't have no answers for that shit
2: why do we even talk about it why do we even discuss that because they have no intention of doing that and Mm -hmm. and They're just going to talk circles around why they can't get it done or why the second amendment means more to them than their own grandparents, Mm -hmm. whatever, or even their own children Mm -hmm. for, for whatever reason. And trying to get them to logically talk about why they want to keep these things in place. It's just, it doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense to keep having that conversation because it's just not, it's just not, it's not going to happen.
1: I would say I, I agree, True. but I think it's important to continue to have the conversation and keep pushing them to look foolish in their stance. And they're um, trying to protect the Second Amendment while willingly wanting to step on First Amendment rights, because I, I don't know if you guys saw, but John uh, Stewart has a great show where he talks to one of the I think it's the governors or maybe attorney generals who is pushing a law to prohibit drag performers from performing in front of kids. And so Stewart asks him, "Okay, you realize the 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 number one threat against kids is not drag performers. It's guns. So why would you not go after creating more provisions around gun safety and gun control?" And his response is basically the don't doesn't doesn't John think that the government has a responsibility to protect kids? So even in his own logic, he doesn't understand that what Stuart was saying, the government also has the responsibility to protect kids through responsible gun legislation. So they're not they're purposely being dense on yes. that topic. So like and but I, I say keep pushing that because that's how you get more people to understand that this is nonsense. And it is illogical to think that you can protect one of our um, uh, uh, rights amend- amendments and not protect the others and feel that it's okay to um, undermine freedom of speech, but not the, the ability
2: but to even But even to get other people swayed towards polling that they want some sort of gun control, that obviously doesn't work either, because after Sandy Hook, it was something that Seventy percent, seventy or sixty-seven percent of Americans think that there should be some sort of gun regulation, new gun regulation mm-hmm. in relation to guns that are killing children. Right, that didn't happen, so it does. So it doesn't matter that that gun lobby is strong. Right, no, it, I agree. But, but I want I want to get back to my point before I get too okay. too too no. far away from it. So I think having that conversation, it's not going to get us what we need, where we need to go, and I feel like it's sort of a distraction. Because the concentration should be on just like they're pushing it through. We need to push whatever legislation we need to get done done and stop trying to convince them that it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Do the right thing. There's no reason why we can't get some of this legislation done. And the part of their agenda right now is to have all of these crazy laws and they get challenged in courts and then it goes to the Supreme Court and then it's the law of the land. They did it with Roe v. Wade. This is part of what this is part of the plan that they they put together. Like that's what I'm saying. Like we got to stop paying attention to the just the the little things and the sensational things, and pay attention to the generational effects of the but crazy that the they're pushing. That
1: they have a playbook that is working very well. If you keep tapping into these cultural sort of um, uh, dividing uh, topics. Yes. It's always going to be a firebrand for certain people because, th- and now they're, they're uh, harping on the drag. I didn't even know that there were drag queen uh, shows. I don't even understand why <laughs> they would be targeted to kids' population. Yeah, like,
2: the, come on. It, they do it at the Brooklyn Library. Um, it, it's story time, and the person that reads the book is a drag queen. Who gives a I'm fuck? Right. Sh- like, I'm not sure why it's a big deal.
1: That's the biggest threat to my kid right now
0: story time right what you, you know what it is to you know um like the whole gun argument is really really depending on what states you're in new york new jersey california i would say hands down has what 40 50 of the population of the country when you, when you add new york state you have california's population new jersey's population what is that 60 million people There's like 30, 40 million in in California, another 15 million people in New York, another, let's say, eight or nine million people. So it's a large percentage of population. And and all three of these states have very, very strict gun laws. The problem is, is that Georgia and Texas and and all these other states don't have. uh, And it's and it's and it shows clearly shows that most of the legal guns that are in New York, New Jersey or in California come from either Texas, Georgia, South Carolina, all these very loose states that have these, you know, very loose regulations. You can go into Virginia and damn near buy a rocket launcher as long as you got a license and the money to buy it. So it, it's the the, the the biggest misconception is that the laws, the gun laws everywhere are crazy. No, just a few of the states. And those are the states. I mean, shit, the NRA moved to Texas, <laughs> right, because they know Texas don't even have any laws. you could just get off the plane and be like yo, just buy a gun mm-hmm. yeah. there aren't any there are any laws just buy one no carry conceal nothing needed nothing and and that's see that's the problem and, and and I find it crazy that there's a lot of blue states or there's even a lot of red states that want common so- common sense legislation. But you're telling me that the majority, let's say there's five or let's say seven or eight states that are really gun-ho about guns. You're telling me the other 40, 42 states can't get together and say, hey, and get their senators or congressmen, or whoever, to be like, yo, we want legislation. And it clearly shows that any poll that you you look at, even when we're not having school shootings every week, people want common sense gun laws. You shouldn't be able to go into a store and clearly have medical issues or have some sort of mental issue on your record and they let you buy a gun in jersey. You can't do no shit like that can't do that in New York either. The questionnaires that they that they give you, the waiting period to get the pistol, the waiting period to get these guns is is effective, right? When's the last time we had a, a school shooting in New York or New Jersey or California? A school shooting. I'm not talking about that nut in, in Buffalo. An actual school shooting. And where he got his gun from, he got it from New York. But still, like, I think, you know, you look at where all these school shootings are, you look at the legislation and the gun control laws there, there aren't any. I think that's a bigger problem. But Back to what we were talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's all connected, right? Because yeah. I think what Alaric said is, is, is a valid point, is the purpose is to sort of overwhelm the system with these ridiculous laws mm-hmm. and then make them the hot topic of news and either persuade people to think it's a done deal, there's nothing can be done, or the people who believe in this are sort of, validated in their thinking and then when it hits the appeals level in the supreme court and it becomes the law of the land then it really feels like okay then nothing can be done and everything feels hopeless i hope in all of this people understand the importance of getting involved in politics because this is how everything is being done politically now yes Mm -hmm. there's outside money and there's pressures and all of that but i think the importance and you know, I guess this is the, the the hindsight is 2020 sort of understanding that the, the political involvement and understanding how the machine works is what's necessary at this point. And, you know, having gone, I guess, I don't know how many election cycles, but way too many and probably haven't, I haven't in, in, in been involved in all of them, but I wish I had been more engaged politically, but it's definitely something I want my sons to understand that they have to be aware of what's happening in their city, in their state, and in the country and in the world in order to inform them about how to make the best decisions and how to keep their friends and their um, other uh, uh, colleagues engaged in the political arena.
0: And just to add to that, I think that we have to stop looking at what's going on in particular states as, oh, it's just that state. You know, these are like, these are just, these are like testing grounds. Like Rick said earlier, this is a testing ground, right? So they, they're trying to test um, based on, you know, the population of the state and everything else. Let's see if this, if, if this can fly here, let, let's see where it might, might fly somewhere else. And what they do and they do it, I, I kind of liken it to when you get into a car accident, right? And, and the other person is injured and the lawyer comes with a, a $10 million request for money. And all the person did was stub their finger. It's the same type of thing here where the $10 million is we're going to try to shove all this shit in the bill and eventually we're going to whittle it down to, you know, a couple of things that we pass through. Right. But out of the 10 ridiculous things, let's see if they get two or three through. And that's what they really bargained for. It's like we're going to ask for 100 million, but we're probably going to get two million, three million in the process. So we might get like two or three of those things in the bill. And then the next time the legislation comes through, let's add another thing. Let's add another thing. And next thing you know, they wind up getting what they want. It just takes a little longer, but they're going to, they, they want their major points to get started and put through. And that's an example for other states to go, okay, they accept the, the population accepted one, two, and three. So we'll make that the front of it. And let's try to see if we can get three, four, and five in there in in the back door. That's, That's what it's all about, man. It's like, let's see how it tastes first. If it tastes good enough for people, it's palatable. They're going to people are going to eat it and they're going to vote for it.
2: Well, I think I think um what we're talking about HB nine nine or HB nine nine nine, depending on which uh platform you look at. I know that they're saying that this bill would drastically affect the presence of black uh, and brown sororities and fraternities on Florida campuses. And I know we got some fraternity and sorority members in our audience. I would love to hear, you know, your opinion. Let us know, you know, definitely call in and let us know um, what what your organizations are saying and um, how they're rallying and organizing around this. Um, Cause I think that that's really important. Cause if you, you remove the black student union, the women's St- studies unions, the LBTQIA uh, communities, their organizations off of all Florida campuses, I don't know if they can do it at private colleges or, or anything that's state-funded. I don't know. I don't know exactly how they're able to, if they'll be able to do it at private colleges, but certainly if, state If colleges. the
1: private college is receiving any state funding yeah, to supplement um, any part of the programming, then they would
2: be.
0: Then they would be, yeah. They so, are essentially trying to take the seasoning out of Florida. They want that shit to be boiled potatoes in hot water. They don't want anything to do that's going to I mean, let's, let's keep it real. We are the pulse, right? Of the country. And along in that pulse are some gay artists. There are some straight artists. There are some black artists. There are some Latino artists. There are people who are creatives, people who have inventors and all that other stuff. And how do you teach a class about architecture and not talk about Benjamin Banneker? How do you how do you talk about electricity and not talk about Garrett Morris or, or the stop? Like How do you not like what do you what are you doing? Because they're, they're, to get to one part of the science, there are people that were involved to get you there. And so you're just not going to talk about those people who were essential for his discoveries and things of that nature. Like, what are you doing?
2: Oh, they'll talk about him, but they won't talk about his race in the amount of hurdles he had to jump through in order to Mm -hmm. get to the place where he had to get to, to do the same thing that people on his intellectual level were doing very easily, Mm -hmm. you know? They're not going to talk about how, uh, you know, the steps he had to go through Mm -hmm. to be who he was. That's not, because that's not important, apparently, right? Because
1: everyone had a fair and equitable access to success.
2: That's the story they want to create. Yeah. No. That's the story that they want to create. That that bullshit narrative about everybody starting on an equal plane, right? Right. We would just we were just um released from bondage and well society, to- black mm-hmm. people.
1: Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, America wasn't even racist when it
0: enslaved people. So
2: No, because we were we were apparently we were born slaves.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody <laughs> knows, knows. Everybody knows you weren't doing anything in Africa and you needed right. some work to do. So we brought you over here. You guys were just <laughs> twiddling your thumbs. Project, needed your help. <laughs> yeah. we, we were bored. We had a whole country to build. So we knew that you guys were bored and weren't doing anything. So we said, why don't you just bring him over here? And most of you guys came on the ships willingly. We gave you guys um, uh, swag bags. And Everybody had <laughs> um, their own blankets <laughs> and they had their own earphones, even though they didn't exist. And we had we had in flight movies on the boats. It was great. Yeah, you were like migrant workers. Yeah, right. we had puppet shows. We had puppet shows, and you guys loved it.
1: But um, and I just want to say real quick, Desantis and the media are so dangerous. And um, I think working in cooperation in concert with one another to help elevate his message. He has another law that he's trying to look to get past, where if you are a blogger and basically talk about him or his administration, you have to register
2: with the state. What? Wow. Yo, he is trying to enter the fourth rec. Yeah.
1: Yeah, He he's really, yeah. And then he also wants, you have to
0: report if you were paid, who that paid you. Yeah. Wow. So um, if that, this any is, of that very... is coming from the government or any right. portion of that, they can shut you down.
1: Exactly. And or they could just use that
0: mission against
1: whatever piece that you wrote to suggest that it's politically mo- motivated. And this is why it should be
0: discredited
2: or put pressure on the person that's paying you. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. got to tone it down. I mean, look, clearly. The agenda is trying to. They're trying to really fast forward this agenda, you know, Rick's one hundred percent correct. They've been planning this shit for years, son. Right, and they and they've effectively put people in place to make their plan go through. And I think now is the shock and awe of it all. Of what the fuck is it? Why, why is? Why are they doing this all of a sudden? It's not all of a sudden. It's just now we're actually seeing right. the parts of the plan. The draft. <laughs> we're actually seeing this nigga twist his mustache. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga is twisting his mustache. Right? And he's like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Because here we are in a um, you know, a presidential election year coming up, 2024. And it seems like before, I mean, well, after Obama, it seems like these guys are running for president throughout their presidency. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like that that this, like, for instance love or hate Biden or, or you know, whatever. And I, and, and I I think we on this show can look at Biden objectively, but love or to hate him. He hasn't even he was president. And then it's always been some shit since then. And then you have all these these other political figures, your Trump's whenever they, they started running on November 3rd after they knew they lost. They started running again. and mm-hmm. And all of these your your Desantis's, your all these other uh, people around the country who are trying to affect change in their state by you know uh, you know they, it's like I got to be the biggest rape racist, right? So it's like they're trying to no pun intended, they're trying to trump each other. Like my policies, <laughs> hold my beer. I'm gonna make it where you know black folks got to wear chains now, literally. Like it, th- this, it's like this type of dumb shit. It's like who can be the worst piece of shit out there, and they're all holding each other's beers.
2: Like I said, they're all reaching as far to the right as they possibly mm-hmm. can, and they're not losing a single vote on the way there.
0: Nope, nope. And that's what's disturbing, that people with, I would suggest, have some sense of reality, who have some sense of something, who, but in, in the same breath, have no empathy.
2: Well, because woke is more scary than anything else that that, that Trump yeah. is is saying. Right. CRT is scarier than anything else, even though I don't know what it is. Right. Yeah. It's scarier.
0: It's got race in the title.
1: Yeah, I was just yeah. reading something. I think Jamel Hill wrote it on Twitter. Is woke is the most effective boogeyman that they have been able to conjure thus far. Since because it lied. includes Everybody. Yeah, it, it includes black people. It mm-hmm. includes gay people. It includes poor people. It includes people who want to be progressive, liberals, democrats. Everybody who wants to change the status quo is in that bucket, and that's why it's the, one of the most effective boogeymen that they've been able to create. Mm-hmm.
2: Here's the other woke. thing I hate about woke. That wasn't yours, right? Yep, you completely hijacked it. Completely took it from black folks. And now, cause I don't, I think that most people don't even know where that term came from. Like, that's what we used to say to each other. When we, when we gained some knowledge of self or studied something about our history and we sometimes jokingly called each other woke mm-hmm. or, or sometimes we referred to ourselves as woke. And then all of a sudden, I guess during the George Floyd protest era, Mm-hmm. Um, white women became woke and they somehow co-opted the entire meaning, understanding, and uh, now they re- now it's represented by them.
1: Yeah, completely co-opted it. And I mean, really, that was a part of our coach. And it goes back further, but I just mean in terms of 70s and 80s babies. Don't sleep.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Stay woke. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, the end of school days, wake up. Yeah. Like all of it was about if you're slumbering and not paying attention to what's happening then you sleep right and sleep is the cousin of death
0: they they always look for another adjective to describe um to use in 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 place of the n word it's always something they're looking for it's something that they can say when they really want to say nigger mm. and it's like they can and, and you see and you they, know I, I they're yeah, not yeah. they're not
2: talking to us. They don't even know where it came from. They have no idea. There's no reference point for them to say but, like
0: but with the with the way they say it, the vitriol in their voice when they say it, I think it rings true to your racist American who thinks who when they hear woke, they know it means something bad, and what's something bad? It's the black boogeyman. It's it's it, they they I think they make the connection. Because it, when you when you like I've watched uh, your Marjorie Taylor Greens and your Bobots talk about it, the way they say it is like they wish they can say negative, but they know they can't say that. But they'll use woke, And it's like, you know, this wokeness is it's the way they say it. It's like you you can tell it's code word for whatever what they really want to say. I, and I, I think I, your, I would, your baseline racists understand it 100 percent. I don't so, want any woke pizza. I don't want any goddamn woke chicken. I don't want anything woke. I don't <laughs> you know that you know, that new pizza restaurant is woke. You know, it's just... Right, and there's a, a great
1: um, video that's circulating now where the there's a Black woman who is interviewing a white woman who apparently wrote this book on uh, the problem with wokeness. So she asked her, how do you describe it? And the woman is incapable of describing it, although she says, yeah. we wrote a whole chapter on it. And she, re- she recognizes in the moment, because she can't actually pin a definition to it, she says, this is one of those moments that's going to go viral because she knows.
0: Yeah, yeah. My she's book sales. Off,
1: yeah, she's opening up a mic, talking about something that she has no idea what she's talking about, but is using it to sell a book and to elevate her own personal
0: and professional career. There you the, go. The flip side of that is that either her book sales are going to go to shit or the people who are so anti-woke they don't even care. The fact that she even wrote the book is enough for them. Mm. And as long as it, and as long as it it, 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 absolves them of how they they might feel negative, negatively about something. As long as it makes them feel better, they can give a flying fuck whether or not she can answer the question or not. It just, it well, just, I, it just helps their argument.
2: I, I'm gonna guess that they're not big readers. Probably not beyond memes and stuff. I got the audible and book. Facebook posts. Yeah, Maybe
0: I've got the audible book. I like it. But listen, we're we're a 30 second clip society. So as long as you get uh, four or five 30 second clips from her book on a fucking order on some sort of uh, uh, feed or or, or platform people, that's all they need. Like people don't even read into shit anymore. They just need five or six quotes from the book. That's what I think Al might have said something about pundits. That's what's so crazy is like you just get a pundit on the show who quotes this woman's book four or five quotes and everybody's like, oh, she's the next, you know, she's brilliant. You know, and not even reading into not even reading into the what where does she get these facts from? Where does she get these statistics from? Where does she even learn to go to school? Right. Is she just some chick that happened to be there January 6th, didn't actually go into the Capitol but was an observer. And now she's sure. writing a book. Right. It's just ugh.
2: I think I don't know. political punditry is one of the worst things that's ever happened to our society. Because mm-hmm. people aren't even asked to think and analyze on their own. Mm-hmm. They give you or the, news.
1: the the pundit doesn't even have to have to substantiate what it is that they're saying it no. literally is their opinion whether it's informed or uninformed mm-hmm. it's just something that they think based on whatever they it is that they're using to form that thought
2: well, yes. well the, the the news networks now give you the news quote unquote and then followed by a show that tells you how to think about it mm-hmm. the worst. Mm -hmm. The absolute worst. So people don't even have a chance to digest what they've learned and And understand it
0: for themselves. And then you have the opposite shows who will look at whatever that show is about and have the antithesis. Your Carl Tucker, uh, Tucker Carlson's and all of that, that build an entire network on. it. And and again, MSNBC, CNN, they all do it uh, depending on what you subscribe to. They'll have the show that says, did you see what happened on Fox News? Let's tell you how let's show you how ridiculous it was. And then mm-hmm. Fox News will take it. Did you see what they said on CNN? Some more woke shit. Let's tell you how bad it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, they, they, they're going to feed their beast no matter what, whether it's negative or positive. They're still feeding them bullshit. You know, Yeah, this bill is, is scary. So-called uh, news media mm-hmm. who I still
1: don't understand why they why well, do understand why they are not more critical of the pharmaceutical uh, companies, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. If you look at MSNBC or Fox
0: and the commercials that they play, that'll explain yeah. why Pfizer, Laderna, all these motherfuckers is just giving them money. Oh boy! Recording forty. What have you guys learned this week? I learned
1: that Lisbon, great for drinking, great for eating, not so much for partying.
2: That is a fact, Rick. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna second that. I learned another stage of gratitude for being on this earth and sharing my life with my friends and my family. And, um, hopefully I get another 50 to share.
0: That's what's up. Uh, what have I learned? Um, yeah, I learned what I did learn or what I kind of noticed is that I think we're 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 very hypersensitive to how we react react to each other in America. As far as when you see a person of color, that doesn't translate all around the world. Like when you see a person of color here and you kind of give them the nod, they don't it, either they don't know what it means or they don't subscribe to that fear that feeling of we're in this together. I did notice some of that uh i think in america because we're being taught to be that way uh, we're more hyper vigilant when we notice a person of color and we make eye contact with each other we're not afraid to say hey what's up or give the nod i think it's really different here and that's just my take on things all right ladies and gentlemen that's another episode of decoding 40 in the books but before you go make sure that you go over to decoding40pod.com make sure you purchase some merch L releases new stuff every Monday. So make sure that you go there and get some t-shirts. We have mugs, get yourself a hoodie and continue to support us and continue to listen to our show every Friday as we release a new episode. And, uh, that's pretty much it.
2: L, is there going to be a special anniversary version of merch? As
1: a matter of fact, there is. Um, I was hoping to release it this week, but, uh, I forgot my laptop in New York. So it'll be released
0: next week. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's been another episode of Decoding 40, and thanks for joining us. Peace. Peace. Peace.
1: Thank you for listening to Decoding 40.
0: Tune in this and every Friday via your favorite platform for a new episode of Decoding 40. Go to www.decoding40.com. Make sure you sign up so you can keep following us. But don't keep it to yourself. Spread the word. Thank you for listening to (laughs) Decoding 40, goddammit.